right, lot 27. 27th. Hulkenberg is one of them for F1, but he usually does NASCAR, and uh, I don't know of anybody who drove. Jacques Villeneuve drove it for Daytona, but that don't really count. That was a one-off. Did you know that off the top of your head, or did you do? Did you Google that? Oh yeah, no, I knew that. Uh, me with Jacques Villeneuve info is just like, you know, I remember. JJ Yelly, Yelly, Yelly. There it is. <laughs> JJ Yelly. Now I can't say it right. <laughs> oh, Paul Menard. Uh, 252 races in the number 27. Oh, no. Paul okay. Menard. Of course, Paul Menard. Duh. I knew oh. that off the top of my head. I don't don't know why I didn't say that. Well, because he, re- he ran his dad's company sponsor the whole time. I love that. Rusty Wallace had 18 that. wins in it. I know. And I, that, was, that was, man, look at Rusty in that picture. Look at those locks. Lord. That was Florida. Dude, Florida is weird. It is, and I love it. I love it. You go to Destin? I went to Destin. Nice. Never been there. You what? Never been there. Oh, (laughs) they were like, oh, where were you, Destin? Oh, yeah, I've never been there. (laughs) Oh, Destin? Dude, let me tell you, I've never been there. (laughs) Uh, No, it was all right. Um... No, we took took an RV, rented our RV from San Antonio, Texas, and drove it to Destin, Florida, and back over a nine-day period. Eight-day period? Eight? Nine-day period. One of those. Anyway. Um, the RV was cool. I highly recommend anyone rent an RV. I don't know if I would ever own one because I'm kind of decided that it was like a, a rolling shitbox. <laughs> Even though this was like a 2021 something, like it's all particle board and epoxy. And like every time oh, you yeah. hit a bump, it's like, oh man, this thing's trying to come apart. Uh, Unless you're buying like a $250,000 RV, like the race driver stay in. Or, be, or, or, or it's like more than one that. of those Airstreams. They're really expensive. I think they wanted really nice. 380 for the one that we were renting. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's nice. It was like, I mean, really nice. Like we, there was five of us, and we slept very comfortably. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was not. It was like a little house. But uh, highly recommend that. Um, I went ahead, and while I was on the road, because I was like, I love RVs. This is cool, and I had a couple margaritas because hashtag, it's a living establishment, not a vehicle. So you don't have to wear seatbelts as long as you're not driving. You can drink. <laughs> totally yep. legal. Fucking uh, nice. No. Um, so anyway, I'm back there having marks, um, thinking about racing in my RV. So I renewed my 2024, 24 hour Daytona tickets on the road, um, and got on the wait list for camping spot and I'm hoping, and the guy was honest. He was like, you're probably not going to get it. Um, but he said, if anything comes available, you'll get whatever. Um, and if that happens, I'm definitely doing the RV thing at Daytona because nice. And you're invited. You're invited. You're invited. You're invited. You, you're invited. You're all invited. We'll post the spot number. We'll have a banner. It'll be a thing. But I don't, I don't know if it'll happen yet because like I said, we're waitlisted. I'm not, I'm just a one time ticket holder, not a 10 time ticket holder. So yeah. Yeah. You think they'd have enough camping spots though? No, like, no, they sell out the day uh, the the once tickets go on sale, they sell yeah. out. Yeah, he said a lot of people cancel because they buy them as like a preliminary thing, and then it doesn't work out, and they don't come. 
And so he said like two months before the event, like several become available. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm going to be there. Hope you're going to be there. Um, and, uh, man, the tickets were cheap. I think it was a hundred bucks a ticket, 105 a ticket. Holy shit. For four days. Yeah, I'll maybe uh, trying to hit the joint because I got to thinking. I was talking to my wife about it. It was like, dude, literally Antonio's the only one that's kind of out of the loop. Like, I could rent a car, drive yeah. down and pick up Dave if we don't do the RV, pick him up, swing through, get Norman, and we're down there. Like, seriously, this could be done. It's a one day drive. <laughs> it is a long it's, fucking day. <laughs> it's an easy one. No, see, by the time y'all get to me, y'all yeah. just cut, drive through the night and get to me. Get to me in the morning, and then it's just, it's an easy drive for me. I drive to Tampa all the time. Oh, man. I mean, the crazy, the crazy thing is I could like, so I'm thinking. Yeah, so for me to Dave, I think is like, what, eight, nine hours probably? Where are you in Oklahoma? Western Oklahoma. Nine hours. Yeah, you're like straight south, but there's no way straight. No. I would be 12 hours for me. Yeah. It's Houston's 10 hours. From you? Yeah. Why don't you meet us somewhere? Why do we got to come all the way to you? Why don't you meet us on 10 like a normal person? We'll meet you in Biloxi. No, we'll, we'll meet you. <laughs> no, I'd meet, I would meet in my um, Gulf, you, Pensacola. Yeah. Or what is the, is it Gulf Shores, Alabama? Yeah. We'll figure it out. I think we, uh, I think we do it. We do it. Do it. Buy your tickets. Do it. Just do it. Buy them. So, I hate to be this way, but those tickets are second in line right now for me. Behind what? The, the 2024 All-Star oh. Game. Okay. <laughs> in Texas, in Dallas, Fort Worth. Oh. At my home stadium. What is that? Field, 2024. Next when? Uh, what is it? About a month July. ago. July. So yeah, June, July. First of July. Mid July. It's right after the 4th of July. He's got, he's got a whole other year for that. Dude, they so, cost a little more than 105 apiece. Bro, but the Daytona will be done and dusted well before you have to start worrying about that credit card. <laughs> yeah, right? You'll have six months to this make This credit payments, card bro. will be maxed out by the time you get that credit card. It's cool. Poor You'll be fine. You can bring you your own beer $35. You can bring your own beer in. You can save so much money. I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, shit, dude. I mean, you can afford it. I don't even know how much money you have, and I can tell you that by going last year, it was cheap. If you're listening to this, if you have like... If you think about how much money you spent on groceries last week for your family of three or four, multiply that by two, and you're you're in the ballpark pretty close. It's crazy, actually, to think about that. Yeah. But I then know, you have to buy food there. No, don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about overhead expenses. <laughs> All right, David's done. Uh, well, how have you guys been? Um, what did you think about, uh, NASCAR? Oh, our friend Antonio, he's not just quiet. He's not here. Um, had some personal stuff to deal with. Uh, we hope to have him back next week. Um, we're going to do our best to cover NASCAR and we did watch the race, but uh, you watched the race. I watched the race from an RV. I watched a race and I may have not, may or may not have been driving for some of that time when I was trying to watch the race. Which is not recommended. If you're listening to this, do not try to drive a motor home and watch a NASCAR race. Um, anyway. That's how you, you flip an RV like that's Dave. How, you have a tendency to pull left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I watched some of it. Um, 
I mean, I don't have a rant prepared because I'm not Antonio. Uh, I, I think everyone's thinking about the Denny Hamlin, um, Kyle Larson incident. So we'll save that. Uh, is there anything you guys particularly saw? I thought I thought it was a pretty good race overall, but clouded by some controversy and got a little a little boring with some cautions um, overall. Um, I mean, it's I can't hate on Pocono too much, but it seems like they're still having trouble at you know exiting um, the trioval onto the main straight. It looks like we're still kind of plagued by some of the same issues we've seen. Um, but I don't know what was y'all's take on the race, man. I'll tell you what I what I saw there. Uh, Truex still looked good again. Uh, I know he wasn't right up there. I don't think he was right up there at the end, uh, as in like top three or whatever. But uh, I didn't see the, the uh, final. I know uh, Hamlin did end up pushing on through, but um, Truex, dude, he's having a good season. I mean, it's good to see him up there. Like we say every week, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know. Homer for old Truex. I like that guy. So, um, and then Austin Dillon, and I think was it Tyler Reddick got into it uh, mid race. Then uh, Austin Dillon pulled the old uh, like uh, what Nora said. Tony Stewart brought the old helmet throwback, uh, threw his helmet out there on the old track. Which I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just uh, in a different level. But as soon as he threw it, I was like, man, I bet you that was expensive. Like that, that helmet looks like it costs a little bit of money. <laughs> I don't oh, yeah. know, I'd be throwing it. But I don't think Austin Dillon really gives a damn about his helmet at that point, especially. But for me, I was like, man, that's, that's your Hans device is still on there, bro. Like, earbuds still hanging out? Those earbuds probably cost more than what I make, you know, in a paycheck. Yeah. Any, anyways, um, hey, lost it a little bit. But you know what? That's NASCAR, and that's why we like it. Um, yeah. I mean, there was some. I don't know, dude. They fanned out so bad into one after all those cautions. It was wasn't a good look. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I do like it. It's Pocono. It's real racy, but at the same time, some of those guys throwing their cars down there was just yeah. I don't know what they were trying to do. But uh, like you said, out of the corners, stuff they were starting to lose. It got a couple guys spun around. Um, I don't know, Norman. If you brought anything else away from the race that that you saw there. Um, Looked like a decent race, but yeah, too many cautions. I mean, there's no way you could keep up with all of them, honestly. I don't know what the number was, but it was a lot. I feel like Pocono needs to be a track that you can have long runs at to have a good race because it's such a unique track with the three different turns being banked and different radiuses. The straight, All the straightaways are different. So... To see a guy finally like get a long run and be able to hook his car up and just go. And he could be the guy that actually gets the car right could be in 20th and you get to watch him drive through the field. And that's Pocono. But here it was just short run, short run, short run. And it, it was miserable to try to watch. Yeah, it is a hard one to keep up with for sure. Um, but as far, like I said, as Pocono goes, I always like watching it, but I agree with you 110% that, you know, of course, yet again, I'm a homer for the take the stages away. But um, I get to go on a rant again because I think it made a crappy race. Take uh, the stages away. Yeah, take the stages away. You can do it at certain tracks that you think will work better. Um, it seems like everybody loves on the road courses this year when they try to just have the stages and the points be given, but the race never stopped. 
why can't we do that everywhere else? I don't understand. You'll still get the same points. But like Norman said, if you want to run for those stage points, run for those stage points. You can do things to make your, uh, you know, your, your setup for the whole race kind of set on get, being in front during those stage points. But at the same time, you could also say, I'm going to say, screw the, the stage points. I want to win the race. These are really long runs at Pocono. That's racing. Because half, half the cautions were from breed, from, you know, crosses, breed cautions. So half of it was that there were so many cautions that made more cautions. I think what, you know, Norm was trying to get at, what I'm trying to spit out. If you didn't have the stages, you wouldn't have as many slowdowns, you wouldn't have as many uh, other cautions. It would have been a longer, uh, long run race. Tires would have came in more play. Uh, gas would have came into more play. Uh, it almost did a little bit there with Larson. I think it was. I think he stayed out there. He made it to a stage win because of it. And that could have been the whole race would have been that exciting, you know, to see if he's going to make it or not. Anyway. I think stage racing works in certain disciplines like cycling and yeah. rally cross and dog like car rally France and stuff like that. But I think if you're going 200 plus miles an hour in a 200 ish mile race, that's not worthy of stages. I just, by definition of what stages are in all other sporting categories, like I think that this is the least the loosest definition of a stage in NASCAR is a commercial break. And, um, I mean, yeah, we've talked about this before. We don't need to go down the ramp, but, um, I think that it has its place in a couple races on the calendar, but why not just let them let, let NASCAR fans get fully entrenched in tire and fuel strategy and bank on it, you know? Because there's a lot of like, well, is, are they going to have enough tires to make it to the end of the stage? And so it's like a reset point that happens and it's like a short attention span. And, and I don't know, I'm not a goldfish. Like I like racing because I can follow a tire strategy over a six hour race, you know, or a 24 hour race in some cases. Like I can think about like, oh man, like, you know, this team has gone hards and this team has gone softs and. Um, you know, when is it all going to come to the end? And what we find is, is that in the last 10 laps of the race, everyone is like pretty dang close. <laughs> uh, and so I want to see that in NASCAR because there's a lot of money into these strategies and teams. Yeah. And even like a little guy, um, I remember one year Dale Jr. wasn't doing too well and it was at Michigan and, um, I think it was in the COT, but he stretched out a win just because of gas mileage. His car wasn't quick that year. They were doing pretty bad on setups um, and different things. And so he actually stretched out a win on pretty much gas mileage alone um, and doing really good at saving the gas. But it made it exciting for everyone because everybody else had come into pits. So he's like a whole lap ahead, but he's having to go slow. So the rest of the package is hauling with new tires and just enough fuel to make it and they're catching him you know and he's sitting out there having to go three-quarter throttle the whole way trying to save enough to get to the end and he actually made it to the end and i think his car died burnouts or whatever but it was a really good time just because of the simple fact that it was uh you know it, it made for a good uh exciting race from a guy who probably wouldn't even got a top 10 but you're not going to get that with stage racing i don't think no so, i mean at least like as a sim racer like that's that's something that I look forward to as a that and it's made me a bigger fan of racing is that like really risky play like that, you know, whether it's yeah. 
going on a three stop or a two stop on a one or two stop race, you know, like taking an extra pit stop and going softer tires or, um, lifting and coasting intentionally and like running slower lap times, but ultimately running 20 seconds slower and then a pit stops 22 seconds, you know, or whatever, or even a pit stops 22 seconds and your lap times put you 21 and a half seconds slower. You still win the race, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that, man. That's what makes me a racing fan. It's not just cars going, oh, like if anything, that's the least attractive part of it for me. It's the ultimate chess game and, and it's got a gladiator aspect to it because if you mess up, you die. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so I, I mean, like it's cool. And, um, I'd like to see that in stock car racing, um, again, for sure. What do you guys think about, let's go ahead and talk about the, the thing. Uh, did you see the Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson incident? And what are your takes on that? Oh, I've kind of been negative towards Denny. Um, not just because that's the general rule of thumb. He, he came in pretty quick and, uh, in the, in the league when he first came in and it seemed like he was uh, hot to trot and he had talent. Um, but I think he thought he was a little bigger than his britches. So, so to speak, as they say here in Oklahoma, you look too big for his britches. They're going a little far there, buddy. You need to calm down. Yeah. Take a little seat there once. Anyways. I um, no cattle. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, good guy. I mean, you know, he, he drives well. Uh, he's, you know, done, he's been very, very successful. But, so I'm kind of going in with a bias, I guess that's what I was trying to get to. You know what, though? It's just racing to me. Um, he just, he did what he had to do to win the race, right? Um, he leaned on him, leaned on him a little too hard. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you could tell that thing was coming down in the end. And like we said before, there's plenty of cautions. There was no way that thing was going caution-free uh, to the end. From there, I think it was seven to go, maybe um, eight, um, when that incident happened. So my take is it's racing. I could see if Larson's upset. I mean, hell, I would be... Upset would not be the best words. Um, there would be a few more four-letter words that would go right along with that. So I get his, if they're, you know, I haven't heard from his side of things. Um, but there was some really good radio chatter that we can talk on. Uh, but Norman, I want your take on it first. Uh, I like Denny. I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of it. I, I like him. I think it was a little bit too aggressive. I don't think he think he meant to lean on him. I'm gonna give him some maybe he didn't mean to lean on him that hard. But radio like you said, radio chatter. I don't know. Um but also when you're in the heat of the moment, I think you can't take you gotta take grain of salt of radio chatter. Cause you're in the heat of the moment. I've cussed people I've cussed every single person out in this podcast before in a race, I'm pretty sure. But I still hang out with y'all and talk with y'all and have no issues with y'all. And now I don't even remember what happened, you know? So do do you want to hear that audio? Yes, I have it already pulled up. You but, are uh, so cool. I did not touch him. Sorry, man. I don't know what his problem is, but we'll do our best here. So did Bowman and Hamlin touch? No, no. 
There are six I, inches I, between them. So what okay. happened is, and I've seen this before on this car, not as much, but I have seen it before, and we're going to attest to it too. Dave, I'm sure you know about it too. The but. bubble. Mm-hmm. It, so he was getting loose already, and then Hamlin got up on him, let off the gas, because he actually got passed by like two people afterwards. He let off the gas like, oh shit, he's getting loose, but he was close enough that it let it go. It took there the air no air. off his There was no air. Ass in and he went around. I'm watching it again. <laughs> now, if I'm him, yeah, I know they did not that's touch just Norman behind me. I'm like, you, Norman, you motherfucker. Because <laughs> I promise you, it felt like he bumped him. Yeah, yeah, they didn't touch. Well, Denny Hamlin is like the most hated guy in NASCAR right now, and I think it's like it's a marketing play a little bit. Through the gearbox we go again. Now diving to the inside. Side to shoot him. Leaning on each other. The floor is in the fence. Yes. Caution, sir. Now what's your back here? Well, that's the penalty. Well, we didn't say a word on our radio, but wait till you hear the they talk on their radio. That's a crybaby. The he does to people. Oh. Knowing your buddy and all, but good grief. There was one lane. This choice is staying in. Three laps to go. Denny Hamlin with the lead. Now he's pulling away. So on that, <laughs> on that, gotta say, when, when did spotters used to just spot and they would back up a driver? If a driver went on a rant, they'd either back him up or they'd tell him to calm down. When did they become the guys that are like, I know he's your friend and all, but that guy's a real piece of crap. You know what? <laughs> hey, Diddy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I've never heard that before. When did spotters get so many, so, so, so many balls, man? They got some balls about them now. When they started and getting I know podcasts, we didn't hear man. It, but what did Hamlin say on? What did they say on their radio? All he said is, "Watch your back." Well, oh, no, Hamlin, that was Hamlin's spotter. That was like he's such a crybaby, man. Yeah. So Hamlin oh, was that Hamlin's. Okay, I thought that was Larson's spotter who said that. So Hamlin's one that got on the radio and said, "Well, that's a penalty because he already knew. Like, if you mess with Larson, you know that's kind of the, yeah, the uh, you know." Kind of the gist of the league, you know. It seems like that's happened a couple of times. So he's making a joke like, well, there goes a penalty. And then his spotter just was like, going off. I don't get... Anyways. His mom's ugly, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what? His dad's stupid. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> have you seen his bike? So stupid. He's got a stupid bike. <laughs> but was Hamlin saying, well, that's a penalty when Larson came and bumped him, though? Because that's where they show it in the video. I don't know. I was taking it as in when they got done, they threw the caution, and he goes, well, shit, that's a penalty. Like, well, that's not going to fly, you know? Either okay. way. Uh, but, um, well, did you guys way. watch, did you guys get to watch uh, the Dale Jr. download or listen to that episode or his segment on it at all? I did. I, I scrolled over it when I was looking for something else today. When I opened it up, it was on there. I know I said something about a dirty move, you know, but um, anyways, go ahead. Did you, did you get to hear it? No, it's just, well, well, yeah, I did. Um, and I'm, what's funny is I was also going to say what you guys said a little bit is like, I don't know, it's racing. Like, just calm down. Like, okay, I, I didn't hear that audio because I was driving the RV at that moment. Um, so that's the first time I've heard that. And that's pretty, that's sucky. Like, that's not, I don't think Denny's spotter had a right to like get that radioactive Hashtag radioactive, hashtag NASCAR. Um, yeah, um, but uh, I 
that was kind of bad. But the the whole incident was I'm keep in mind, I'm a Joey Logano fan. So what you said about doing what you have to win the race, that's why I'm a Joey Logano fan. And that's why I don't I don't think that Denny Hamlin should have hit Kyle Larson, but we see it in Formula One all the time. We saw it this weekend. Um drivers putting other drivers in a situation where it's like you need to hit the brakes or we're going to touch so so we're gonna open up a can of worms right here since we're kind of broadening up this topic about racing and you know taking the track away from a driver i disagree with that that's not racing that's cutting a guy off and saying hey you can wreck or you can keep racing and I grow up, I like gentlemen drivers, okay. you know, and race me how you want to be raced. And I, NASCAR is a little bit different. We got fenders, we got bumpers, we can use them. So old school me, we all know this. I, I'm fine with a bump and run, but if you're going to bump and run someone, know they're going to bump and run you back. But when you drive a guy into the wall or off the track to get the position, I don't think that it's fair. I I don't think what you were getting into in the Formula One race this weekend, I'm guessing you're going with Perez and um, I forgot the other, um, who he drove off the track. But I, I didn't think that was right. Um, so where where's the line have to be drawn to, I think you still have to give adequate room on the outside. So what I, I was alluding to during the Dale Jr., why I brought up Dale Jr. download podcast was <laughs> because he made a point that when he was racing, he was okay. He was more okay with doing this to people that were his buddy. Or pe- all racing drivers are more okay with doing this to someone that's your buddy. Because after the race, you'd be like, hey, man, you know. It's just racing. It's not like some stranger, and that's a direct Dale Jr. quote from the podcast today. You can't hear him say that, like, "Hey man, you know, hey man." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, and I that's exactly right. So I think that Denny wouldn't do this to anyone unless you're Ross Chastain or Kyle Larson. <laughs> um. And uh, I think it was unfortunate, but that that was my point. Is no, I the gray line in NASCAR is that it's good TV, and that like NASCAR is going to encourage drivers to a contact because it's good TV, and it'll be more acceptable if it's a relationship between two drivers like Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson rather than like Denny Hamlin and. I don't know, insert your rookie driver that has no prior relationship to Danny Hamlin because then he's just an asshole. Um, and I think that all of NASCAR is pinning him as an asshole right here, right now. You heard the booze at the end of the race. That wasn't for the yellow. That wasn't for finishing oh, under caution. No. no. That's what Dale was saying he endured the race, Junior. He was like, I don't think they're uh, booing because of the yellow. I, I yeah. don't think that's what it is, man. No. I think all... Also, you got to think those boos is those people also thought that Denny dumped Bowman too. Yeah, and he did not. They hadn't seen the replay of Denny did nothing in that one. 
But if no. you're a NASCAR guy, do you not like NASCAR, the body of NASCAR, do you not try to push this a little bit and say, okay. Absolutely. Denny Hamlin is a huge man. He can stand up by himself. So we're going to say Denny versus Hendrick. Is that what just happened at Pocono? Can we go ahead and push this further? Can we see where this goes? I would say so. I think so. I don't I think, think that they're going to push it forward. But and if that's the narrative. Willing to say it, they're going, hey, I don't know. I mean, that's already the narrative. Like, I've seen headlines today like Denny Hamlin shows no remorse over his actions at Pocono. <laughs> like, no, I mean, this is, have you watched any racing ever? Like, I think that, yeah, this is just. This is just stock car racing. Has this not been going on forever? No. It doesn't make it okay, but no. it does He hit exist. Larson, he hit Bowman, and he mangled three children and two yeah. chickens. <laughs> right. And he doesn't even wear the fire suit in the family. Yeah. That was um, a joke. His daughter wore an, a fire suit this weekend that said, I wear ooh. the fire suit in the family. It's really That's funny. an old throwback to uh, Delana yeah. Harvick, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, good stuff. Um, good stuff. I think, you know, you got to know Denny Hamlin's personality. Like, when when you back him and not back him into a corner, but put him on the hot seat, he just takes it. He's like, okay, I'm going to, yeah. like, even if he is like, that was all my fault, but now that everyone's booing him and stuff, he's going to be like, no, that's not my fault. You know, he should have backed out. That was my spot. I think you, know? you should take your Shingrix shingle vaccine. <laughs> And that's well, Denny the, Hamlin, though. And that's yeah, what people, and, I guess, love to hate about him is when you get mad at him, he's like, well, be mad at me. I don't care. I don't need you. Right. Yeah, let's just say I don't think he's going to have a lack of anything to talk about on his podcast this week. Yeah, he's also a media Action's personality. which is what it's called. Oh, yeah. No, this this is great TV. <laughs> so I'm, I'm into it. Uh... I don't think it was okay, but is anything okay anymore? So, so like, yeah, am right. I even okay right now? Um, does it go any further if nothing happens next week, right? I think this probably fades away. But yeah, this, if this for dies. some reason Larson and Denny are on the same spot of track at the same time and their cars touch, it's like, oh, oh no. What was uncool was Larson retaliating during, under caution. Which I'm is never. NASCAR again. I know, but I'm they're, never. They're in fire okay. suits. They're in cages. They all have helmets on. What was the danger? I don't know. Now down pit road, I, I see. You. I guess you're There's right. people out there that that aren't protected like the drivers are protected. You can't be doing that crap down pit road. But don't get me wrong. I loved it when Tony Stewart did the whole backing into somebody else because they rammed in the back of him. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember who it was, but he just like destroyed all of his cars doing it. And I was so happy about it, but it's not cool. Okay. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's not cool. I think we should give them lances and just let them joust under Don't caution. Yeah. I was, I was fine with the retaliation under caution because it was more of a, Hey, I didn't like that. It wasn't like, Oh, I, I'm going to break your car. It's just like, Hey dude. And that's, you know, I would do that. I do that kind of stuff in I racing running ovals, you know, if Levi dumped me and I spit out and I, Gain control and I start driving again under caution. I'm going to come up and I'm going to bump him in the ass. You know, be like, hey, buddy, I remember. And get him thinking next time he sees me in his rearview mirror, like, uh, uh, payback's a bit. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see because I, I think, I think our, your call on Denny is exactly right. Like, he don't care. This is, this is a, this is better than 
for him, it's better that he did this than not media wise, right? If he would have won the race fair and square and they battled out to the end, then it was just a good race. But now we have something to talk about. Here we are on Tuesday saying his name on our podcast and he has no affiliation with us whatsoever. Like, well, the same, yeah, and the but same But he is thing. a listener. We yeah. hope so. <laughs> we hope so. And that's another thing about, he's already come out and said uh, somewhere in an interview, it might have been post-race interview when they were doing their little, you know, beat around the uh, interviewers there, the old uh, people, they were asking some. I don't know what the question was, but I heard the answer and he even said it himself. He goes, are you kidding me right now? It's like, this is racing. Like yeah. I was, it's the end of the race. I was going for the win. So he's already on that, you know, bandwagon. That's, that's the direction he's going. So it's short track racing. I would be a big pissed. long track with like you said, I would be pissed if it happened to me too, but, but I've been there too. And it really, really, it's the one of the worst feelings. Yeah. And of course I'm just on I racing, but it's one of the worst feelings when you've ran a long race, that's getting towards the end. Somebody leans on you enough that you let out of the gas, but you know, it doesn't help and you're going to hit the wall and your race is over and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's where Larson was. His car had been already out of shape so far. He wasn't making the corner. He let out of the gas, which honestly seems to hurt more than help, but it's your knee jerk reaction is to slow down before you hit that wall. And, uh, yeah, poor guy. Bummer. Where what do y'all think about, by the way, does anybody know where he finished? I think because... it was like 12th or 10th or something. Yeah. I mean, he, he did a pretty good recovery drive with anger fueling the car. They put no fuel in it. Just anger. Just anger. Here you go, Kyle. Pure anger. So that was good. Um, what do y'all, what did y'all think about NASCAR's, um, way of handling the end of the race? As in? So was it? Priest incident? Priest spun on Couldn't get his car refired. Go, couldn't get his car refired and they threw the caution pretty Way late. late. So, I mean, Norman kind of touched on this while, before, before the podcast, uh, it was kind of one of those, it's, it's, I get what they were trying to do, right? And we, we know these racing leagues try to finish under green and we appreciate that. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those, uh, deals that, uh, they threw us so late. I was telling Norman, if I would have been ahead of somebody and got passed right before they threw out the caution, I'd have been like, that was bullshit. That should have been thrown a long time ago. Yeah. I think they threw it just in time, but uh, Norm I may think, have another take on it. Yeah, that's what I, well, just to save y'all my mind, that's what I was going to agree with or say, is that I think they threw it as late as they possibly could have, and right when my brain was like, all right, you need to throw the caution, that's when it This came shit's out. getting crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's when it came out. So I was like, all right, whew. what do you think? I think NASCAR was just trying to finish the race, so that's why I didn't throw it. And they're like, we're going to let them cross the white line and take the white flag. We've got to let them race as long as they can. Yeah. And that's how they ruled it. I think it goes back to NASCAR literally just makes decisions on what, when to throw cautions on the fly, I feel. They don't, there is no, like, there's no protocol. Consistency. It's just like, uh, yeah, flip a coin. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Don't you know it's chaotic too? It's like throw it, th okay, throw it, throw, throw it now. <laughs> you know, there's a guy that was like, and there's the caution. He was like, "Don't you hit that button yet?" Nope. <laughs> nope. Wait. They were for watching it. Priest. Like, I love how the camera kept going back to the race, go back to Priest, go back to the race, go back to Priest, <laughs> and you see his flames coming out. Like, 
I thought he was sitting there on purpose, like, I'm not going to let them. They're going to throw this cut. No, he was trying. The tailpipes yeah. were flaming up. He just could not get that thing refired, which towards the end of the race, I don't know. Surely there's enough cautions. He wasn't out of gas or something, but for some reason, that car was done. And, uh, and so were we. Yeah. I don't think it would have changed the end of the races and the leader much. And he was doing pretty good. So well, uh, it's your mid pack battle that it probably messed some things up. Yeah. But it is oh. what it is in the history books now. So sorry, Joey. Under Richmond. Yeah, Joey took a spin there Good early. Good job, Danny. Early, right? yeah. yeah. Proud of Start of stage two. Mm. Proud of everyone that participated. I was happy to give it about 60% of my attention. You uh, guys did a pretty good job. Yeah, I'm really proud of everyone. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it again next week, boys. At Rich, we're going short track race at Richmond. Oh, baby. Um, well, speaking of places in the Northeastern United States, Norman, we go in, we go into Iowa now. Is that in the Northeast United States? No, it's in the Midwest. Midwest. Yeah. It's corn country, baby. Midwest. So you don't know your is, geography, do no, you? No. Okay. Well, okay. Well, no, I'm from Texas, which is West of West, wait, and of Iowa. He's actually in South Texas. So that's like yeah, hold on. a whole different. <laughs> I'm from Texas. I don't care about other Iowa's states. Iowa's on the Mississippi. Why would I care about other states? It is north So of, it's east of me. It, no, it is north of Arkansas. You're really in Texas, so you ain't nothing. Iowa. No, and Missouri. So it goes Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa. Iowa is east um, of me. So what is... So is it just like a racist thing that we don't have a Mideast? I've always thought the Midwest was a big swooping thing that was way too much. And where does it end no. and where does it begin? Yeah, like, why don't we have a Mideast? <laughs> That's so Middle, because Middle East. Because Wait, people, whoa, whoa, whoa. People, from, people from Kentucky will not tell you, well, I'm from the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, the, it's never had a Mideast, but <laughs> I know that you're really going to have uh, a Mideast now because of Dave's comment. Oh, I'm from the Mideast. <laughs> like, well, you don't look like it. <laughs> All right, enough. Because um, <laughs> the Middle East already took it, so America decided not to have one. So if, oh, you're yeah, from Missouri, if you're from Missouri, you're from the Midwest. Yes. Really? That makes no sense to me. And I think it happened when, before the Louisiana Purchase. Oh, okay, so it's some, like, old... Yeah. It's some old 17, 1800 stuff that I'm yeah. un unaware of. Okay. So uh, that was, that used to be the West. And then the United States decided to just take all the land for themselves. And the West became the Central. It shall not be called the Mideast. <laughs> <laughs> it shall be called the Midwest. It shall be the Midwest. Anything West of New York City is irrelevant. <laughs> it is the Midwest. And we shall not go there, Becky. Um, <laughs> After that tangent, Iowa. And you are, are welcome to America geography and history lesson. Iowa is definitely, in my opinion, northeastern United States. Anyway, everything west of the Mississippi doesn't matter. You're right. <laughs> I live here, and you're right. You're right. <laughs> I know a lot of people that live east of the Mississippi, and they would all agree with you. 
<laughs> um, anyway, um, well, Iowa, it was Indy at Iowa for those who are still wondering what the hell we're talking about. Um, IndyCar was in at Iowa and our friend Double header is going to tell us about it. Yes. Double header. Yeah. Um, Double header weekend. We ran Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. Get the cat right out of the bag. Um, Justin Newgarden won both races. He is dominant there. I think he's won five in a row now in Iowa. That's really the race. Like Dave was talking earlier, the racing and the strategy always had you on the edge of your seat. It was good racing. Um, it wasn't really racing on track per se. Uh, it's one of those races you're like, yeah, it was a real good race, but there's really nothing to talk about. Um, Will Power sat on pole both days. New Garden just better than him. Pinsky had the cars to beat this weekend. I guess Polo did really good points management and got as many points as he could to still have a freaking like 80 something point. Um, lead over New Garden. Anyway, New Garden won both races. Uh, I guess the the interesting fact um, we get into the first race only had one caution, which really made for a weird race because you can only run one line then because of all the marbles on track. And then our boy Stingray Rob. Uh, Went on the track without a right rear tire on his car. Okay, and wait. Can we, the wait, 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 can we pause for a second? It, yeah. Wh- is this guy the most unlucky person in the world, or is he really just a problem? I don't. I wouldn't blame the driver on this one. No, me neither. I know. Or the or is the team a problem? I guess that's what I should have said. Yes, I guess I'd say the team. They do seem to have a lot think, of bad luck. In I mean, like, like it is hilarious how much we talk about this guy. It really is getting old. <laughs> Stingray, I don't think is a good driver. He doesn't show anything ever as no. a good driver. He makes mistakes, but then his team doesn't help him out at all either on the situation. Is it it's kind like of a, like a Massifin in F1 situation where it's like it's a bad driver, but it's also a bad team? Are we sure yeah. this isn't a Will Ferrell movie? <laughs> like the name, like the team, like he does sound like the bad guy in a Will Ferrell racing movie. I'm just saying, oh Stingray Rob, screw you, Stingray Rob. Well, <laughs> he's really not a bad guy. He's really not a bad guy because he's not winning. True story. So, the craziest part about it though is it came coming out of pit, and tire comes off, goes up the track. Two guys, Rosenquist and someone split the tire. And you're like, okay, well, you know, they were on scene right as it happened, so it's unlucky for them. Caution's going to be thrown. 15 seconds later, the caution finally comes out after we've almost done a full lap. It takes 20 seconds to get around this track. It's not even a mile long, and they're running 180 around this track. How? I have no other idea. How? Okay. N- NBC oh. said that it must that race control must be very hard for them to see that side of the track. How do you okay. have cameras everywhere? And the simple fact that you said race control, it it's kind of like two kids 
beat up another kid on the playground and the teacher's like, oh, I was on monitor duty, but I really can't see that spot in the playground. <laughs> so over there, they could pretty much <laughs> rape and pillage all they want and I'm not going to be able to help them. Uh, what do you mean you're race controlling can't see that side of the track? Fix it. <laughs> see that side of the track. Like, you need to see that side of the track. Yeah, even the commentators were like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, you know, you want to see that door? You see that door? Oh, if, it's going to hit it. Oh. If NBC's cameras can see the tire, then race control needs to be watching NBC. Why don't they have a feed? Yeah, like, what's up? Yeah, something. So, I and, and I know they don't have anything to do with it, but we talk about how Indy's so, you know, with the AMSR, is that what? A, a, ASMR? <laughs> the AMR safety team. Yes, the AMR safety team. Um, the ASMR, they're like, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> just relax. <laughs> they're, they're tapping on their helmet like... <laughs> Everything. Anyways, yeah, AMR safety team is the best in the world as first racing goes. But their race control can't see half of the track. So, <laughs> Indy, we've been bragging on you for, I don't know how many weeks on this podcast. We're in week 27, or, or lap 27, episode 27. And, uh, yeah, you gotta, gotta, you gotta take it back now. We gotta take a point away. Gotta take a point away because you almost got someone killed with a tire. That's, that's pretty much what it is. We're so sorry. <laughs> I'm actually with the it's safety, safety team, team, though, and how good they are. I'm shocked they didn't somehow get the tire why it was still under green flag. Yeah, true story. We, we've <laughs> talked about how they need to be on it, uh, the F1 side of things. So they just run out there, grab it, go back. No problem. <laughs> so we're blaming the AMR safety team, not race control for not throwing the caution. Where the hell were you and your blue Race control suit? thought the safety team was just going to go ahead and grab the tire why it's running around the track at 180 miles an hour and everyone else is too. That's what I would have done. <laughs> No, I, I was, I'm, it was weird. That was a weird incident for me. I yeah. was like, like, uh, are we still going to throw the caution or what are we doing? <laughs> Didn't the announcers like say, and the caution's going to come out here or like, well, and the caution's going to come out. Even, are even throw the caution here. Like we have hand signals we use on this podcast. Like, is there not like a, a flag signal that's like, <laughs> Hey, over you here, <laughs> you know, so NASCAR's had this before where NASCAR, like the drivers say, hey, there's a piece of debris, you know, or hey, it's starting to sprinkle back here. Did not what like did they not start getting yeah, a but lot you of can't play trust over the a radio. NASCAR driver? Hey, there's an effing tire that's going faster <laughs> than me. Trusting a, a a NASCAR driver for his words, like trusting a fisherman for his word. Like, <laughs> oh no, yeah, is I I stopped fishing at four PM. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. No, that's not gonna work, dude. You can't put it in the driver's hands. Like, of course but it was still, raining. If I'm a driver, am I not saying Dude, is that a tire? Like, I, I, I'm i going pretty fast, but it was going just as fast as me. Maybe was, they did. Maybe there was just, like, a new guy, and he was just like, a boss, everyone's talking about a tire in the track. Like, shut up, Ricky. Like, I did it. Should, like, oh, I think we should throw the caution. <laughs> and shouldn't they, at this point, have just a guy in race control to just watch a Stingray Rob? <laughs> like, all <laughs> race law. They should have known. Oh, he lost a tire. Throw the caution. Oh, yeah, what do you do for a living? Um, you watch IndyCar? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know that one car that always, that guy named Stingray? Oh, yeah, he's got a cool, yeah, I watch him. I watch him his personal from the time he gets on the track to when he's walking around in the back of the pits, until he gets in his car. I have to watch him pretty much yeah. all weekend. So his dad is very wealthy. 
Yeah, I get, I get to take off Monday through Thursday, but Friday through Saturday, Sunday, you know what I'm going to be doing? Watching Stingray. <laughs> yeah, well, more happened than that, I'm sure. Right, Norman? Well, <laughs> um, he did get disqualified for leaving the pit with a loose tire, so. How is that his fault? Or is that more of a team uh, I think penalty? it's just the, I think they disqualify disqualify the team is what it's kind of as. It's like frustrating for him. He's nah. like, for once, I didn't spin out. I didn't wreck myself. You guys he did spin out a day, guys. I think he did fly, go sideways after his tire came off. Uh, huh. No, really? That's the main talking points for this week. Like I said, entertaining race, not a lot of discussion about it. No, not really. You have those weekends. Yeah. yeah. Joseph New- Newgarden, man. Dude is a very talented King racing of corn driver. is what they called him on the broadcast. And he... King of corn. King, yeah. King of corn. So, yeah. I mean, the, known as well, we saw good racing, though. By no means am I saying it was a boring race. It just was a your... I think it was your standard Iowa IndyCar race. Yeah. I love <laughs> Iowa. They've, IndyCar has resurrected Iowa as a racetrack. That track was dead didn't exist anymore, and Hy-Vee and IndyCar put their heads together and said, we're going to do a big weekend here. And I actually, it's it's entertaining. Is it scary as shit? Yeah, 180 miles an hour around a 0.8 of a mile of a track. Yeah. What times you say they were running? 20-second times or something like that? 20-second laps. Jeez. And I think Ed Sheeran did a good job waving the flag. Hey, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just remembered that. I got to see that. Um, And I thought, you know, this guy's doing it right. For a guy who's never... James. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He did it. He didn't do... If it were me, I would do the whole thing they used to do, like, in the 40s, where they jump in the air and, like, you know, do this. (laughs) I think I'd have to do your local dirt track where you, like, do the crisscross up top, and then every once in a while you fling it down low and then come back up. Oh, yeah. You got to get that, boys. Like a streamer. I would do You got to do the double flag. Oh, that would be a good one. But would they I let would hit you myself do that right as Ed Sheeran, though? Because the guy looked like he was scared he was going to fall over there or something. It's like, I'm a music artist. I can walk, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just kind of had the, his hands up like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sheeran, you don't fall. Air Sheeran, don't fall, Ed. Ed, please. Ed, Ed, please. Ed, Ed, get away from the itch. <laughs> no, I thought, it, compared to all of the celebrities we've seen wave flags, I was, I approved of that. Top five, for yeah. sure. I think it's top one for me. Oh, top yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that spectacular, but that's why I'm, I like, he looked like he was having a good time. There are, to look these up. We're there are fans admit, we're like yelling at him and he was turning around, like acknowledging his fans and yeah. like smiling. And then like, yeah, I thought I was like, cool, man. That's, that's what we, that's the, we don't need Tim Cook up there doing this. And I do like Ed Sheeran. I mean, I know him personally and he's a good dude. So. I mean, yeah, I went to the, you know, right. high school with him or whatever. <laughs> We met in the quad one time for some coffee back in college, but don't really worry about it. Um, no, it's a, it's a good deal. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, so they skipped this weekend, though, it looks like, um, on yeah. the schedule. Then we go to a gimmick. Yeah, streets of Nashville. Um, kind the of bridge of me, Nashville, and then we go around some squares and circles. Back it almost bridge. gives me that Chicago NASCAR feel, doesn't it? Just like, ooh, I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> hey, there's no reason to be here. <laughs> it doesn't... They've had it for two years. I watch the race every year, and it doesn't race well. No. Yeah. No. We're getting this but in every league, though. And but I, Norman, I, it's on a bridge. 
I know. Did you see the bridge, though? Did you see the bridge? Over a bridge, dude. Yeah. I don't know if you knew, but they run over a bridge. If you don't think that's cool, then you don't know what's cool. Yeah, true. I mean, when you think racing, you think bridges. Marcus Erickson is the only driver in IndyCar to go for a (laughs) flight and win a race. Huh. He went. That's a weird stat. The first year, he went flying through the air. Landed on all fours, kept driving. The car was fine, and he won the race. Well, we hope to see it again. That should tell you something about the quality of this racetrack. (laughs) Yeah. Or or that Marcus Erickson is a superhero. (laughs) And I have been over the bridge in Nashville multiple times. It's not that I've been over the bridge in Nashville. Yeah. That's well, a I lot haven't. bigger city than I thought it was, by the way, when I went through there. Very, very. Um, it it wasn't just like away. a couple little country bars on a dirt road. Cause... What I thought. No, I didn't think it was that bad. But I, I really did not think it was the size it was. And I went through there at night the first time and I was just like, um, I'm not yeah. stopping here. Yeah. Oh. But uh, yeah, they're going to race there. Be good times. Not not really, but it'll be all right. And then after that, we go to Indy Road Course. So there is something in the future. Let's, let's get through Nashville. Get through a weekend off. Let Stingray Rob get all his tires back on his car. And then we're going to go to Nashville, which I'm sure he will not make it through that race. And He uh, might be the first car into the river. Right. <laughs> and Stingray, Stingray Rob went into the river, but one of his tires stayed on the track and went down around <laughs> a couple times before they threw the caution. Uh and then we'll go to the Indy Road Course, which is always, uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the track itself, but it's a neat venue. It's always been a neat venue for me. So. It's a fun Indy track to race. race normally very well there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. The Indy League racing I've done in iRacing there has been fun, fun. Weren't you part of that? Who's that? He, he ran like one race. I've ran the, zero races, actually. I for series. Antonio no, that was and somebody Jared's else. But anyway. What's that? That was... I was just reminiscing. The that was a good race though. I liked the indie indie car um indie road package combo. It's good. I don't know if I like it in any other car, but I thought it was a good combo. Um looking forward to that one always. And There's I think th- that Roman Grosjean wins Nashville. Let's go really all gimmick. He- He's he struggling right now, too. Yeah, he hasn't had that He's good a mental a... case, and that's not the driver you're going to pick with him having a mental case. I'm picking him. Hey, all he needs is one good win, man. He's back in it. Like, he gets locked back in, and uh, He doesn't I don't have a seat for next season. More the reason to figure out a, something going on there. And I mean, he does well at street courses, too. So, I mean, it's not a bad pick. It's just a real bad pick. Right okay, now. yeah, I know. Um... <laughs> I'm going to go with the Max Verstappen of IndyCar right now and just say Polo. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think safe, that safe pick is boring. But, yeah, you're boring. Stingray Rob for the win. Turn okay. Your first, folks. Watch it happen. Everyone else wrecks out. What a shocker. That's the only guy happen. like left on the track. Well, looking forward dun, to dun, it. Dun. You hungry? I got some watermelon. I'm good. Formula One in Hungary. <laughs> we all got to get there somehow. Uh, it was a unastonishing race for me. There was a lot of talking points as in stuff going on in the race, but the race itself, if there wasn't all those talking points going on, 
it probably wouldn't have been all that exciting. I kind of dozed off a couple of times. And, and, and when me being a Ricardo fan, I mean, he got bumped at the first of the race. I should have been excited all throughout. It should have been an exciting race for me to watch constant. And I was still, I mean, well, one, you see all these cars go by and then there's like a blue and white flash in the back and they change screens and you can't really see. So I was just watching the ticker the whole time. Um, but um, yeah, just nothing really exciting as the race went on. But like I say, there was a lot. I do need to make a correction before we go any further from last week. I know nobody cares, but when I seen it, it bothered the heck out of me. Last week, I did say that they were on those C1, C2, and C3 tire compounds. It was actually the C5, C4, and C3. Oh, my God. I know. Stop what? the presses, everybody. We're going to have to Back let you up. go, Levi. What a screw up. I, I can't know, have these mistakes. But dude, when I seen that, I was just like, <laughs> I have to make a correction with names like With tire names like that, how could you ever mess that up? I know, but I thought it was the other way. Anyways, long story short, softest compound, same thing as they always do. Um, so it didn't really matter. I got that part right. But um, yeah, the quality format was interesting. I know m like me and my wife, we watched races together and she was not a big fan of it. Um, I think it gave the lower teams, I say lower teams, mid-pack down uh, teams a chance to get further into the qualifying session. At the same time, some of them still didn't get as far as they would like to. I mean, it was kind of bad because um, Alpine, all weekend long, they still look like they're behind the eight ball, so to speak. Uh, they're just trying to make changes to that car. I don't know if y'all saw their front wing. I don't know what's going on with that thing. There's just way too many waves in it. There's like four peaks in the front wing. I don't understand. And it's like blue and hot pink. And anyways, it's Alpine. Um, it's yeah. a branding thing. They're trying to make mountains. Yeah, there you go. Alpine, Alpine. Yeah. But yeah, they said the same their thing. car was like a ton better on the reds, so they were really, 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 really wanting to get into Q3. And I'm like, well, yeah, everybody wanted to get into Q3 because they wanted to be on the softs. Like, no crap. But they were making a big deal about that. But um, by the end of the race, it didn't matter. They were a double DNF, a double DNF for the weekend. Very, very bad look. They really need to get their stuff together. But, Sorry, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Right? Well, they're going to have an influx of money, which we know it's not pay-to-play in F1, but it sure effing helps. It's very close to pay-to-play. Uh -huh. um, and you never know if they'll just take a page from the other rich guy that's doing this, kind of making his teams just, just go look at the fastest car, build a second one, change color. Rinse and repeat, Lance Stroll. I mean, sorry, Lawrence Stroll. Or Otmar Snaffenauer. Yeah, snapping, snapping flower, slapping flower, snapping flowers, small, small, smart, snapping flower. That's sounds right. like Doctor Seuss like book. <laughs> Levi's like, but <laughs> 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 then Alpine's leader, snapping flower. He, anyways, hey, he made a really crappy cameo. I think at pre-race they were doing the rundown, you know, and I really, really on the F1 TV app, not. Uh, uh, who's it, Will Buxton that does the one on the regular F1 um, TV uh, broadcast? Yeah, so I get the F1 TV, so I watched some other people do it. But anyways, he like walked in between them, like talking, and kind of paused for a minute, and they're like, not more set, he just kind of kept talking. <laughs> he finally just walked off. I think he was wanting to stop and talk to him, and it's like, get out of here, dude. Your cars are no good. You're trash. You're trash, yeah. my Get out of here. Get out of here, Atmar. And now but, we're um, joined by Atma Snapno. That's my Will Buxton so, impression. 
not to change subjects, but to change subjects. Yeah, let's yeah. Um, qualifying Mercedes debacle on Russell. Oh man, was that not bad, dude? What are you doing? They. This is the thing that I always see everyone do. Wait for the last lap. Like that's when we need to do it. The track's the best. The blah blah blah. You gotta put a banker in at the first, right? Like a decent not even, lap. Not even that. You're Mercedes. You should have to worry about the track being in the best condition to be in the top fifteen. True story. That you got a hell of a point right. there. I didn't I mean, even think we're it talking. Was, yeah. yeah. Like what? You just just but just do just do a mediocre lap. Exactly. <laughs> like just get through, and that's another thing that frustrates me about like Red Bull and them going back out when you've lapped. Which lately the uh, the intervals are way closer, right? We're seeing some 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 catch up from the rest of the rest of the uh, the league. But when he's up by like a second and a half on everybody's hot time, and then he puts a new set of tires on, runs out right at the end, and runs one more hot lap. I'm like, why? They're like, he bettered his time by three thousands. I'm like, well, you moved from first to first, dude. Calm down. I'm like, I don't yeah. even know why he's out there. Especially in Q3 and Q, uh, uh, what is it, Q1 and Q2. Now, Q3, I get it, right? You want to make sure you're doing your best. But all you have to do is get through. And like you yeah. said, the Mercedes, Red Bulls, Ferraris, I mean, McLarens and Howe, which we'll talk about in a minute, but those teams should not have to worry about getting through Q1 or Q2. No, I don't see that should be a problem. Like you said, just go out and put down a lap. Period. Your lap should be good enough to get you in the top ten. But you've got to be smart enough to put a banker in. There's just no way you don't get that done in the time allotted in Q2. There's too much time and too much track. Yeah. But then, was... but then he just man, everybody was going around him. Pierre Gasly went around him. Norris went around him. I mean, it just bam, 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 bam. And I, I it was ridiculous, is what it is. You didn't need to wait. You didn't have to wait the track evolution out. You should have just gone. Ugh. Agreed. I know, like, he was waiting at the end because he wanted was trying to get space from behind his teammate, and everyone else was like, ah, nope. But Here. he should have been, him and Hamilton should have been 30 seconds to 20 seconds ahead of all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Some of those guys that went around him went ahead and put a lap down right behind somebody else got through, and he didn't. So yeah. that right there tells you, like you said, he should have went. Just go. I mean, sucks yeah. to suck. Yeah. Dang it. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving on to the following qualifying races and all that, or the the races within the races uh, for qualifying, Ricardo Yuki. Yuki didn't make it out of Q1. Uh, Ricardo got into Q2, which I thought was huge. I It was kind of like a uh, realistic, um, you know, goal for me to see from him is to get out of Q1 because they've had trouble doing that. Right. So he got out of Q1. I, I told my wife, I was sitting there, I was just like piss pumping in the air and everything, like he had just got pole position or something. But yeah, it was right at the end, he slaps that lap down, and I'm just like, yes! and then everybody starts going above him. like. But he hung on and uh, got through to Q2. And then, like I say, I was like, 15th is good enough for me. But he, um, I think he started 13th, so he even moved up a little bit from that. But uh, one of those was the debacle by Russell. So... Anyways, good good qualifying. It was exciting. I think the I like the tire uh, changes that they did with the whites and then the yellows and the reds. I think it put uh, I think it put a lot of emphasis on just getting to the reds, and then once you got there, then we really got to see some people put down some laps. But McLaren sure did show that they're for real 
in qualifying. They yes. sure showed it in the race. Yes. I think they're here. They're here. Um, but yeah, just a little rundown of the race. I'm not even going to go through it at all, really. Just the first of the race was the most exciting. I think Norman touched on that pre-podcast. Like, that was it. I mean, pretty much that was the race of the excitement anyways. Verstappen jumped out to a good lead. He actually got a good uh, jump for once. He's usually, that's just one thing that I can say that he falls. He usually has a slow start uh, from the line. But he really did a pretty good job. Um, did what he always does, elbows out, went into turn one. And domination from there. I don't think he really had a problem. I don't think it would have mattered if they would have got around him. He was still going to go. He was still going to pass him when DRS gets turned on. Can we can we talk about the DRS for just a second? Yes. It used to be two laps. Two laps we do DRS, right? They don't do that anymore. They wait till they all almost everybody got more than a second away and then they turned on the DRS, which really frustrates me. Because they I could have swore that they made that to make the racing more They uh, didn't exciting. wait two laps? I missed that. No, they waited longer. That's what I'm also saying. Also on an they, RV. They, I was on our RV. Watching yeah, the they're always supposed to do two laps. And for the last, I don't know how many Grand Prix, it's like four laps in before they turn it on. And I thought it was three laps. It used to be two. And they might have changed it and I didn't know it. But it seems like three or four. I And I don't know. I'd be lucky to say maybe four. But um, when they finally turn it on, it seems like everybody in the top ten is split up. And they're all playing catch-up after that. But the DRS train turn-in from the mid-pack back just always, it's always a DRS train, which is frustrating. I mean, you think there'd be some passing, but there just isn't. There's always one guy that's the, you know, cork holding everything back. <laughs> yeah. Just won't let it go through. But, uh, yeah, McLaren, man, they're, here to stay, they're man. looking good. I was they're so impressed good. with Oscar Piastri on the start. Yeah, right. That was nuts dude that Up the outside elbows out holding his ground that looked like a, a dude who done that i mean i guess technically he has a thousand times i'll but just say not it. It in a lonzo move right it like was something yeah you see from that was like, veteran shit there that was a veteran yeah i was yelling at the, oh my god this kid like whoa so any any prior shit talking that i've given oscar i take that back that was I'm slowly pulling the reins back on the uh, shit talking uh, as well. Uh, yeah, I, I so that we're talking about him, McLaren pitting Norris before him. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I mean, that Norris is man. their guy, and they've never really been in a position to to play that game. Uh, but I think they're still keeping it safe. They're doing the safe game. I don't think they want to take any chances yet. They're going to keep him on even playing field. They want to empower Oscar and they know Red Bull's hungry for Lando and so they're going to empower Lando especially um, but yeah no I think we're going to see all kinds of crazy strategy out of them I'm excited to see what they do at Spa because I do not see them ever positioning one driver over another on a public space I think we all know Oscar's the number two and they know that too and Oscar knows that too but I think on, I would hope so. on I would TV hope so. we're going to see Oscar lifted up on a level that seems unfair to the viewer, I think, just based on what I've seen out of McLaren over the years. Yeah, agreed. Um, like I said, pulling the reins back on the Piastri trash. Uh, dude's going to get a podium. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he's going to get a podium for sure um, before the season's over. If he, if it continues going like this and nobody else makes any strides, uh, Ferrari, Ferrari. I've forgotten you know? about him, man. 
I don't even think I know about that's the that's the bad part, correct? I have noticed a turn in the radio that I've been listening to, um, because I'm that kind of dorky F1 guy that I actually listen to the radios and whatnot constantly. It's more of a NASCAR thing, but it seems like Leclerc there. I don't know if it's with that narrative of him maybe leaving or seeking other options or what the case may be, but it seems like the radio towards him is not as uh, kind as it was. Which I'm going to segue a little bit into um, Perez. Perez got a podium for the first time in a while, but at the same time, as a podium, it wasn't second place, it was third. Because a new upgraded McLaren stood between him and Max. So he did good and got a podium, that's what they want to see, but was it good enough to show that he's back to form, so to speak? I feel he did not show up in qualifying. I felt he should have been higher up in qualifying. He needed to be starting fifth, fourth, somewhere in that area. Definitely with the Mercedes being out. Um, you've got to at least beat one McLaren, in my opinion, if you're him. I think that hurts him. I think he backed it up with a great race. I think he drove a hell of a race to build that back to where he finished. So I think he came out neutral this week. Yeah. I I think he still sits where he was coming into this weekend. Right. And, and like, he shouldn't have that feel after a podium, but that's how I feel Red Bull is so far ahead of everyone else still. And I don't think that they're holding the car back from Perez like he would like to put out there, I think, in the public that there's, you know, some um, favoritism being played. I don't think Red Bull gives a damn enough about the drivers to try to sink one. They literally care about that manufacturer's championship. They literally care about the points. They want to be on top of everything. I don't think they care. I mean, they've shown that they will do and cut whoever they have to. Um, whatever decisions they've made, they will change mid-season. Yeah. Um, it won't happen this season. Perez is safe. I feel that that's a thing. But if he keeps kind of doing this mediocre rise to the top and not start just putting in some banger laps, maybe fighting Max for a fastest lap at some point or something like that. I just don't see that it's going to change for him. Like you said, I feel the same as what I did going in. Um, I think it's, me too. I think for Red Bull, it's also one of those things is now they're starting to look at me like, okay, we've got McLaren. We've got Mercedes. They are, they're not challenging Max, but they can challenge Max. Max wasn't on pole this week. Hamilton took pole from him. Didn't even do it with purple sectors. Just put a put a Hamilton style lap in. I I think Red Bull. I, I wouldn't say are nervous, but this isn't going unnoticed by them. They're starting to look over the shoulder and go, "Okay, we're we're starting to be challenged now. We've got to step our game up." Yeah, that back wing ain't ain't saving them anymore. <laughs> No, the guys are starting to figure it out a little bit. Um, totally agreed on that part. They're like you said, they're not there, but they're close enough. Hungary is a one-off. If you look at the past pole winners, you look at past winners there. It can be kind of a weird one, and that's why I'm still. I think McLaren's for real. I didn't think that they would double up on two different style tracks like Silverstone than to Hungary. So I think they're for real, but I'm not a hundred percent. We'll say like ninety-seven and a half percent sure that they're uh, solid where they are with the podium, trying to shoot for podiums every week. 
I think spas show that back up. Everybody knows this track. Everybody's raced this track, whether they've been in, you know, F2, F3, whatever. Everybody races spa. So this is one that's got an equalizer track. We'll see who can come out on top. But uh, the one thing everybody's talking about, course, at the end, I don't know if you noticed, it's been all over social media and everything else. Mr. Lando Norris goes to do his uh, champagne uh, celebration and uh, bangs the old bottle down to get get the spew, and then the party started, knocks over Max Verstappen's $45,000 trophy, and breaks it. Did you hear what Max said after? He was like, with all the staff changes that's going on at McLaren, I'll just send the bill to Zach Brown. He can afford it. Oh. (laughs) And everybody's banging on Lando, but you got to understand Lando and Max and, like, Ricardo and, you know, signs, all these guys, they kind of joke around and have a good time. Leclerc. $45,000 is nothing, dude. Well, they've been around each other, like, forever. And he was like, he. I heard him in an interview, he goes, well, that's Max's fault. I don't know why he put, he was the one that was holding the trophy and put it back down where he put it. Like, it's not my fault. And everybody's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, dude, he's joking. Good gosh. Like you said, 45,000, they don't even care. Whoever makes it, the damn trophies is going to make fix it and probably make a new one for Formula anyway. One spends over a million dollars on champagne a year for podium celebrations. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no that should deal. tell you something. It's a drop in the hat. It was a beautiful trophy, though. I'll give them that. <laughs> it was. It was, yes. Yeah, it's I funny seen it, it was, you know, they... They kind of went over it before the race, and I told my wife, I was like, dang, that would be pretty cool to have. That was and Red Bull's goes, record-breaking win. Yep, yep. Touch base on that. We did last week, but yeah, to reiterate, they are the uh, 12 in a row was the most uh, by any Formula 1 team ever uh, to win 12 in a row. So that was that was pretty cool. I think it kind of went, it's kind of like they're breaking these records right now, and it's just kind of going unnoticed because it's like, well, yeah, of course they are. Yeah. Um, but when we look back five, ten years from now, it's going to be like, man, you remember that time? Like, because the deal is, I don't know what the heck the difference is. Mercedes was dominant over the last, what, seven years or so, eight years. Um, kind of in that same fashion, but it just didn't feel as just slam the rest of the guys like it is right now. Like, Red yeah. Bull is just killing folks. Max it was killing it. folks. That's, yeah, that's true. The one, the one thing I, I've thought about, yeah, Mercedes once what seven constructor championships in a row <laughs> on every single hybrid um turbo championship you know but and everyone was like oh, i'm tired of mercedes i'm tired of mercedes i feel red bulls in this new era is dominating a lot more than mercedes did and i don't think it i don't know i think everyone was so like burned out on mercedes that I think people are really not noticing that this is more. Yeah. Yeah. And like, in Hamilton beat other teams' drivers for drivers' championship. Max is racing himself. Yeah. I think that's the difference. And that's what David, you know, Max is winning these championships. Max is dominating like he is. Because even Hamilton. I think that'll always be, in my mind, it won't be an asterisk in the books by any means, but in my mind, the asterisk, and it's not even an asterisk, it's an asterisk next to a seven championship, so you see we had really, really close. It's just Nico Rosberg, like, with his two thumbs up going, hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. don't forget about me, I was right in the middle there. Yeah, seriously. Um, I don't think Max has a Rosberg right now. No. You know, that's going to kind of fight him like that, but the bad thing is, I think Perez could stay a little closer. But anyways, um, beating a dead horse there. Next weekend, we got a double up, so we will be racing again next weekend. Belgium Grand Prix, Circuit 
That's the best as Oklahoma guy is going to say it. Um, so yeah, this weekend is a sprint weekend, which I am not a big fan of. I can't wait till they do it. I like the qualifying with the tire changes. We can do that every once in a while, maybe every week. I don't really care. Why aren't you race. a fan of it? Wait. I don't like it because it's just another chance for the same guys that have race pace to keep getting further up the deal before we actually have the race. Like, further up the order before we actually have the race. It, qualifying and race now, especially, just keeps getting further and further from the same. Like, Hulkenberg is one. I'll throw a shout-out to Norman's team down there, Haas. Hulkenberg has really fast qualifying pace, but he doesn't have race pace. So his only chance is to qualify as high as he can and try to hang out as long as he can. You never know. One of these days we may have a rain delay, we'll say, and he's in like 11th and can move up to 10th and then it gets red flagged or it goes to the end in race, you know, rain and no one can really do much passing and he gets points. There's no other way, no offense to your team, that he's going to get points on a regular weekend. The car has qualifying pace, doesn't have race pace. Then you throw in a sprint shootout then you throw in a sprint race, and he's already back to, you know, 17th or lower starting the race. Yeah. It's frustrating for me for the lower teams. That's why. If you ask, which you I did, did. And I gave you an answer. <laughs> I would rather them just go back to how they used to do the sprint weekends if we're going to have them, where yeah. it sets the starting grid. Yes. It's just a pointless race now in the middle of the weekend. Yes. It's more of an opportunity for cars that I like to not be there on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, that's what I'm saying. I just, I don't know. I like the way it was set up. I understand the practices don't need to be done or whatever, or, you know, they don't do much. It's good to see a guy in practice one, like up the charts, and then practice two, somebody else shoots up to the top. It gives you a little bit of hope. Don't get me wrong. I'm super stoked to see two races at Spa and two qualifiers at Spa, essentially. But, yeah, but I'm not. Because we already know. Yeah, we do. If we didn't know, it's almost like Max is actually canceling out to me. The sprint race. It was pretty shootout. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. So like I said, I, I just really, I really like watching guys actually work their way to the front, but there's just no way that it, that Haas has a chance. We only have one practice to set your car up. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, we'll use Hulkenberg as the one. I bet you you can go see, since he's been in the car, he's had really good high, fast qualifying laps. We'll see a practice one if he can qualify higher than 15th. I bet you don't. Well, and that'll show you. That'll show you. Yeah, that'll show you. <laughs> but anyways, long story short, I don't like them. They're a waste of time. Sorry and, to derail you. I just wanted to know. Yeah. I just get frustrated because I like the lower teams and I want them to do a good job. I want them to have the best chance they can and I, I think this takes that away. They say something about it saves the money and all that stuff. People's throwing so much money at these damn cars. It don't matter. It doesn't Ask matter. Ask Gene Haas about his bank account that's always empty. Yeah. But uh, the richest people anyways, I know are always Nazapin broke. Pin doesn't race for them anymore. Oh, true story. So they lost more money because that Russian dude that was his dad or he used chunks of money up in there. But uh, Anyways, the world did away with that. Um, yeah, they did. They were like, oh, you're Russian? Nope. <laughs> Don't care. Bye-bye. But anyways, long story short, uh, Spa, everybody loves it. It's a good time. Yeah. Which brings me to Bennett in it, win it. Unfortunately, our boy Antonio is going to have to uh, set it through. This is the first time he'll probably hear the rules. So... 
buddy, you got Perk Ferme. When they can't mess with the car, you can't make a pick, so you better get it to us fairly quickly. Yes. We and you have to go be. last. Yes. And you got to go last. It's just, that's what's been going on. And when you come back, you don't get to go first, because that happened, okay? Yeah. And I don't know if you knew, but me and him's tied for the points, and it kind of frustrates me that he got an extra chance at it. Yeah. Anyways. Huh? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not okay, mad. I'm not mad. I'm fine. But I think Dave is up, and he's actually bringing up the old um, caboose. <laughs> Sorry. He was uh, the guy we had on here before. But caboose uh, on the points. So. Dang it. What you got, Dave? Oh, gosh. I feel like I feel like when I try to make unbandwagoner picks, I get screwed over, and that's why I'm in last, because I'm always like, I think Charles is going to do good this week, guys. Or like, you know, no. So um, I'm going to go with what the stats have been telling me, and I'm going to have Lando to win it. Um, dude's been on the podium twice in a row. Uh, he's strong at Spa. He's confident at Spa. Um, and yeah, I think we see another stellar performance from McLaren. I'm tempted to pick Piastri to win it, but I'm not going to stretch my shoes because I think if it comes down to Lando or Piastri and they're forced to choose, like I was talking about earlier, they will choose Lando. They have to choose Lando. So I think Lando to win. Um, in it, I have to stick with the Lewis Hamilton train. Um, I think I, I don't think Mercedes has Red Bull's number by any means, but I think that they're on to something. And I really do think that we see Lewis Hamilton on the podium. The poll at Hungary, I, I mean, I, I the dude's a wizard there. So, I mean... I wasn't surprised, but I I was very surprised to see him get dominated at the start of the race. Um, but I still think Mercedes has just got up to go. They're Mercedes. So um, Lewis Hamilton in it and then to Bennett. Um, man, I always try to... I, spa. Who's going to Bennett? I didn't think about this one before I started. Um, I think we're going to see... Um, I'm going to go with the I think we're going to see a bad performance by Alpine um, I'm going to have uh, Gasly to Bennett again who's up next you oh I am oh Mr. Last. Tied for first oh yeah so I left the door the, wide ass open for you and I don't know I haven't really calculated the points from last week so I might not be tied for first anymore but everyone got one there you go let's keep it even um, no one so, picked Morris, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm really, really uh, going to uh, yeah, man, that was a good pick with Lando. I think he's a solid pick to do that again. Um, going going with Perez since he's back on the board. I was gonna uh, say, last, I mean, that's an obvious one, for me, right? Um, I think I, I think you know, besides Lando, I think we're gonna see this kind of going back and forth, which is crazy, right? I mean, the first season we wouldn't have said this about uh, McLaren. But yeah, I'm going Perez win it. Um to Bennett. I'm probably going with Botas, man. I think he had a really, really good race. We didn't talk about that much, which we should have. Uh, but he had a really good race. I think he's gonna push a little too hard. I don't think that car's quite ready. They've made some upgrades, but not for this track. So it'll be Botas to Bennett. Um and then in it, um hell, Russell will come back. He'll he'll do good here. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Solid pick. 
well, with what I'm left with and knowing that it looks like it's going to be a really wet weekend. Fernando. Fernando. Just say it. (laughs) I'm going to put the in it, the win it is going to be Lewis Hamilton. Oh, baby. What a pick. (laughs) Because it's going to be wet. He's got experience. Um, I can't pick Norris. I can't pick Perez. Alonzo's definitely going to be an in it pick. It's wet. It's spa. He can do it. Um, Bennett hasn't done it all year. So finally, Yuki bins it. <laughs> That's so just, funny. You're um, going to get them all right this weekend, I know. <laughs> and I, I had to say, um, Dave, your Alpine pick, it ain't going to happen on the bin. Why Sorry, they've been it. They've 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 lost four cars in two weekends. <laughs> They're just gonna tell their guy just get out of everyone's way and finish the race. I'm sorry, Pierre. We have to retire the car. We have to retire <laughs> the car. They matter. They'll uh, find a way. <laughs> I can hear it right now. And and Croft saying that is unbelievable for the third weekend in a row. Yep. <laughs> but yes, right. I. I, I would say... If I get um, it right, I get two points. I think the Bennett is fully going to be... Can we even have a race this weekend? I don't think we have another cancellation, but I could be wrong. It's a weird weather year yeah. everywhere. Um, so, it's usually We've already got, kind of a wet weekend there. Every time we go there, it seems like. So, there's a possibility. 90% on Friday and 90% on Saturday of thunderstorms. And looking like 60% chance of rain. Let's say the afternoon they're going to, they get between 7 to 1 is their lowest percentage, but they don't start till like 2, right? Their time. It looks like we'll be racing in about 63% rain. And that was the spa weather report with your man, Norman King. And thank you, Norman. (laughs) Going on to sports after this. About 2 p.m. we'll have a southeast wind. <laughs> I the they I don't think we cancel it by any means, but I do think we might see a bit of a wreck fest. Well, wasn't that last year that Norris or was that two years ago? I think it was two, two years, years ago. That yeah, was, Arush oh, just smoked it, dude. Yeah, hard. Smoked it hard. That was yeah, bad. and then and that was the same year that we had the the I guess what do we say if the we're going to restart the race if the sparrow can fly with a coconut from. <laughs> <laughs> if there's two and a half inches of water that falls in a 43 and a half minute period from the southeast. Race control could not understand what they were doing that race. It's like literally baseball. If the lightning strikes and you reset the clock again for 30 minutes and we sit here and wait. Yep. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I've been. You're giving me little league and high school baseball flashbacks. Twenty seven. I coached for like seven years. Don't even. There were God, so many of those. Why in Oklahoma? Okay, we're kind of like weather capital of yeah. the world. Yeah. Yes. Wait thirty minutes, and the weather will change. 
Yeah, if you don't like, that's the saying here in Oklahoma. If you don't like the weather in Oklahoma, wait five minutes. That's the saying in every state, because we say the same thing. If you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. I guess that's true, except there it's just humid or humid. We say, if you don't like the weather, get the hell out of here and go to Oklahoma. <laughs> true story. <laughs> uh, what did you say about everything, though? Yeah, get the hell out then. If you don't like it, get the hell out. You don't like it this big, you're in the wrong spot. I don't say that, but that's what my neighbors say when I'm, um, never mind. Um, anyway. I, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to spa. I'm always looking forward to spa. Um, I think it's going to be a good race. And I hope everyone makes it home okay. And I hope we get full points. If they give half points out at the race, do we get half points for an independent win it? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Tune in next week to find out. Only if I don't score points and y'all do. If I score points, then I get all my points. How Mercedes of you. Yeah. And hopefully uh, Antonio will be able to uh, be with us next week so you get a little more NASCAR insight. <laughs> yeah, because us talking about NASCAR is like, yeah, well, the cars, they are running in circles. Um, they went around. They had four tires. They had four tires. You know, Dingray Rob didn't. True. That's why he's an Indian, not NASCAR. Got to have four tires. Yep. He's supposedly got to have four tires in IndyCar too. He just didn't know. Nah, somebody forgot to tell him. It's all good. Okay. Um. Well, I all I got to say is big episode next week with the number. Yeah, twenty-eight. I don't know anybody with twenty-eight though. So. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I don't even know anybody who likes a number twenty-eight. Yeah, it's a gross number. Hell. <laughs> for show all all numbers divisible by seven are gross <laughs> or four right, I, I i can just see next week's episode George, like, welcome to lap 29 yeah we're skipping over it because and if you need to if you can't wait to find out that just uh come next week you'll, you'll get to hear norman just blow up on the number 28 so yeah it'll be a good time good um, time well make sure you join our discord Literally none of you have joined our freaking Discord. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, we got not very many listeners, but we got enough. Just if jump over to the Discord already. Maybe we should try, this, like, pushing this at the first of the thing instead of the end of the thing. Maybe. If you're listening to this and you're like, you're like, well, everyone else is joining the Discord. I don't, like, no, no, literally no one. Come on. You need to join our Discord. Some people Dude, have, I'm, but you need to join you. Yeah, you. Yeah, you eating that cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm telling you right now that if you're listening at this point of Lab Pod Lab uh, Zero podcast at Lap 27, and you're still listening. I want to say I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I really do. I'm Dare being I that say from the I love you of my heart. I love you. Like, thanks, bro. Yeah, appreciate Anyways, you. Anyways, Lab Zero podcast. You can check us out on Discord. You can check us out on uh, Spotify or any of your other uh, whatever you listen to on your old apps, mostly. Uh, look us up on Google. It'll show you where we can get there. Shout out Team Goon Squad, as we always do. Um, YouTube and hey. all them them jumps. And they're in Montreal this weekend. They are in Montreal this weekend. I'm going to try to race a Porsche as long as I can possibly race a Porsche. If I make it all the way, it'll be great, but I'll be stuck in my chair, and someone will have to physically come and get me out because my hip will not be good anymore. How many but hours? Try. It's like three. three. But I'm trying to rehab He's... this whole injury, and so... Oh, okay. I will not be trip. there this weekend. 
Yeah, the Dallas-Fort Worth run is like four hours from my home, and when I go down there, I'm dying by the time I get down there and back. So we'll see how three hours of actually mushing pedals back and forth all the time and no cruise control. We'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah, true. Well, I love you. Yeah. Shout out to Lab Zero. Yeah. That was it. League, League Zero. League Zero. Thursday nights. Shout out to those guys, too. What are you, and, my uh, dad? Say it back, dude. Peace. That's all I got to say. I said, I love you. And he said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dad. Yeah. What do you want? I just want you to say it back. That's why. I love you, man. I love you, dad. He's like, you too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>